What is going on, guys? You know why you're listening. North-South Podcast. We're back and better than ever. Another week, another pod episode. It's Jacob's here, my man, DeShorts. How are we doing, DeShorts? I know uh, probably cracked up on some G Fuel right about now. Am I right? Yeah, I was going to bring up to that point. If you uh, if you hear something like... Voice like crack, a voice crack? Voice crack. If you hear something like, like a voice crack, disclaimer. But if you hear something like this, or you hear something like... I mean, it won't be that loud, but... You know, got to got to pop open the G Fuel. We were up late last night. Yeah, you know what? Let's just get started with that, and then we'll talk about what I know you asked me to talk about. So it's, we'll just, you know, we'll we'll get going with uh, probably our favorite thing to talk about today, in my opinion. If you're good with that, sure. All right, UFC two seventy five, and you know what? Jacobs almost didn't buy the card. He got home right before the card started, and uh, what I always talk in third person. Have you noticed that? Yeah, during the podcast, you always talk in third person. Yeah, maybe it's just my thing. I think it's because, like, with the Twitter account and, like, writing the bio and stuff, I always say Jacob's in the short. You know what I mean? So it's like, you get in the habit of it. Whatever. Yeah. You guys know. By the way, uh, this is either the last day or second to last day of all of the dogs in my house. If you listened to last week, you understand. And people have been in and out of the house all day. You're probably going to hear things. It's midday. It's about one twenty right now. You're probably going to hear some loud dogs. We have my uh, one of my new nieces, Charlotte. We watched her. For about a week or so, a couple maybe a couple months ago, she's coming back for a couple days. She'll be here anytime now. It it's just going to be loud in the house. You might also last week of school coming up. Uh, we will yeah. podcast uh, new podcast every day. Breaking news. Yeah, good one. <laughs> new pod every day. Every day coming out with a pod. The shorts is going to have his own podcast, and we'll have North South <laughs> on <laughs> once a week. <laughs> My new podcast, the South North Pod. It'll be the shorts just talking about our podcast every day. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so USC 275, as I was saying, I think maybe I'm crazy to say, I didn't really know the two, the first two fights either that were happening. But yeah. with all five fights that happened, I think that was the best card of the year so far. Um, let me think. From, from top to bottom. 269 was probably the best. I don't know. That's December. That's uh, December, yeah. Yeah, probably. And I think well, we'll talk more about the, the, you know, the main event after we talk about some of the other fights. But that fight between Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prohaska, 
even having a night to sleep on it and reflect on it. I rewatched the fight again this morning. I'm crazy. It is what it is. That was my favorite fight I've ever watched in the UFC. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating. That fight was absolutely insane and incredible. No, that was, that was awesome. Yeah, that was, that's, that's, and I haven't been watching UFC super, super long, maybe, you know, casually 10 years ago, seven years ago, really in the last three to five years, I think is when. Yeah, when when COVID started is when me and you got into it, I would say. When who was that? COVID started, me and you like got into it, got into it. Yeah, we really kind of got, we, we, we'd known about it, you know, we were playing the UFC games, but when COVID hit, we really kind of got right back into it pretty hard. Um, I was very much somebody who was, you know, I'd watch McGregor fight. Uh, I'd watch, you know, Ronda Rousey fight back in the day, uh, you know, stuff like that. But uh, thanks to B-dubs. Yeah, really, you know, working at B-dubs for those nine months ended terribly, but I got some really great fights in and I always worked Saturday nights. So I always I was in control of the TV. I was the man doing that. Um, so let's just get started. UFC 275, as I said, probably the best card of the year so far. Very much, in my opinion, I'll, I hear dogs. Sorry if you do too. Uh, we don't. Please. Okay, good. I'm I'm just going to apologize anyway. But uh, the light heavyweight fight was probably the fight of the year, in my opinion, so far. Uh, going to be tough to beat. And honestly, just starting from the top, we won't talk too much about the first two fights. The first fight, we had Della Mad- uh, Madalena, excuse me if I say that wrong, the Australian, and um, Amiv, uh, Russian, don't remember the first names, but... Uh, I think Jack is Della. It's Jack Della Mel- uh, Madalena. Say that ten times. Yes, five. yes, I have it. I have it up. Jack Della Meadow. I'm not going to try <laughs> Madalena or whatever it is. Ramazan in Amiv. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So, Amiv, this fight only lasted about two and a half minutes in the first round. Yeah, two thirty. Wow, that that fight didn't last. It felt like it was a lot longer, in my opinion. Amiv got uh, Jack to the ground pretty fast, and Amiv, older guy, I want to say. Right around 35. I think Jack's about 25 to 28 in that range. Younger guy. Um, Jack's still coming up. Amiv's been around for a while. Amiv caught him in, it was either a guillotine, you know, one of the submissions. And it looked like he had Jack, was ready to tap. Jack found, uh, you know, uh, an extra gear, if you want to call it that, and was able to get out of it. And the minute they got back to their feet, knocked him out. TKO stoppage uh, by punches. And... He looked really good doing that. If you want to, you know, talk about that at all, I don't know. If, is that the one fight that you didn't see? Justin? I didn't see it. No. Yeah, that was the. It was. It just happened very quickly. But it also, like I said, it, it felt like it was longer than two and a half minutes. But the the second that Jack got back to his feet, fight was over. Uh, he was very much the uh, the better striker, and it showed pretty quickly. Uh, so I guess we won't talk about that one too much. Uh, that was a welterweight fight, followed by another welterweight fight. Uh, Jake Matthews and. Um, What's Fialo's first name? Andre. Andre Fialo, uh, who's actually had a couple of really good stoppages in his last couple fights. A couple of uh, finishes of the night, uh, like, you know, the fight of the night, oh, the award bonuses. A couple of real good knockouts uh, for the uh, the Portuguese uh, stallion, we're going to call him, whatever. And Jake Matthews, who I was surprised. I think Declan and I, so I've heard the name. We talked about it, uh, you know, watching the, uh, we were on FaceTime most of the night watching the fights. Uh, Fialo is a name that I've heard of, but I've never actually seen him fight. And then you watch some of those knockouts they show in the, the highlights before the fight, and it's like, wow, like he actually looked really good. And he did not look good in the fight. <laughs> I think that says a lot about Jake Matthews. 
who is a name Declan heard of, and we've definitely seen him before, but I don't remember seeing him fight. It's in, like, UFC 3 or something, or maybe I'm getting getting mixed up with Dan Hooker, but, like, I don't, I definitely, like, he looks so familiar. He looks, well, like you said last night, he looks a lot like Paul Felder, shout out Paul Felder from Philly, like, fighting style, and looks a lot like Dan Hooker, and he's, you know, he's an Aussie like that, you know? Um, Jake Matthews looked really, really good. He's, I think, 27 or 28. He's been in the UFC for nine or ten years now. Wow. Yeah, like nobody – I was like, wow, like I didn't know. So they talked about a lot of the time, like before the fight, Matthews, you know, was talking with, you know, DC, like Daniel Cormier and John Anik, you know, the pre-fight stuff, and was saying, you know, when I was really young, I was kind of a deer in headlights, but I was aggressive. I did this, I did that, and I really haven't done that as much. I've played kind of safe since I've gotten to the UFC, and I was watching old fight tape on myself, and – I decided, you know what, that's, that's what I want to be. Let me tell you, man, he looked damn good last night fighting. I mean, it was one of those, he came out swinging instantly, was calm, cool, collected, completely got another TKO knockout by punches. And my favorite part of the fight, it was in the second round when it happened, about halfway through. <laughs> Ref calls it off. He turns around and just gives kind of a shrug. Like, huh. Like, that was nothing. She yeah. cool, calm, collected, wasn't out of breath, and, I mean, put him to sleep. Andre got some good shots on him, too. He did. He's a good, he's a good fighter. But uh, he also, you know, he had a knockdown by Matthews. Significant strikes were much more. Um, there was really nothing that happened on the ground. This was, a, a you know, a stand-and-bang fight. And uh, it was very exciting. Like I said, Matthews looked really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ever since ever since the beginning of the fight, he kind of just looked like he was the superior fighter on the feet, and he 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 took over for most of the fight. But give respect to Andre Fialo. Uh, he 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 got some good shots in, and when he was hurt, he he stood there and he stood his ground and he threw with him. Oh, absolutely. He he went down until the end. You know when he really literally couldn't anymore. So yep. that'll bring us to the I'll call it the Co Co main event. Uh, Zhang Wei Li and Yoana Yerjacek. I finally said it right. <laughs> yeah, we we we've been studying Yoana Yerjacek. I believe. That. Yeah, Yerjacek. Yeah, however, there's a couple ways I think you can say it, but this fight was not quite as good as the first fight that they had fought right before uh, the COVID stoppage of you know everything, life in general, essentially. I don't think there was any way, in my opinion, to Schwartz, this fight was going to be able to live up to that fight because that was an all-time fight. It, it, it was only three rounds. Well, yeah, but, but I'm saying even even in general, it only lasted two and a half. Oh, but, well, yeah, the fight but, can't you know, two and a half. But I'm saying, like, that fight, that first fight they fought was stupid good. Oh, absolutely. It's five-round craziness. Um, Zhang Weili did come out on top. Uh not a title fight, only three rounds, like the short said, which was disappointing in its own. It wasn't going to go three rounds anyway. Wei Lee caught Ioana with a spinning back fist right in the back of her temple, in the back of her head, and just shut her body off. And the shorts thought at first it was an early stoppage. Ioana, after the fight, even said, my bell is still ringing right now. Like, no, she was done. Yeah. <laughs> that was that, like. That well, I, I I saw it, and I think I think the ref saw saw the same thing as me. It looked like she slipped. She didn't 
get knocked out. And I, I, and he ended up calling a late stoppage. It took him like two, three seconds to stop the fight. It was Mark Goddard, I think, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think he saw the same thing as me. That it kind of looked like she slipped. I maybe, maybe yeah. I'm saying things, but you know, if she says her bell's still ringing, then yeah, she, she was done. But in the moment, it looked like it looked like obviously, obviously that hurt her. Like, oh, of course, of course it did. But it, I, I don't know. At the moment, it looked like she slipped. I, I mean. I'm I'm not mad at it. I I think it was the good call at the yeah. end of the day, but in the moment I was very unsure about it. For sure, when you go back and watch it, it's it's obvious to see. You know what I mean? That oh, she called her literally in the temple, like perfect, yeah, perfect, perfect, and put her down because she was never out cold. It just shut her body off, but her eyes were still open, and she still kind of moved a little on the ground. Yeah, so I think that's why it looked like that. Yeah, but they, I mean, they were banging beforehand, though. I mean, it was it was a phenomenal. Uh, you know, seven and a half minutes that the fight lasted, and uh, they were both going at it. Shang's and... so strong. What's that? Shang's so strong. Uh, it's her. She is easily the most powerful woman in the straw weight. It's like it's crazy. I think she's somebody who can move up and still do well. Yeah, I would. Um, unfortunately, well, I guess unfortunately, I think just because uh, Joanna has had the success she's had, maybe not as recently. This was her first fight since that fight just over two years ago. She did retire after the fight. I told you before the fight, if she lost, she was going to... You gonna, did, and you were right. She had, um, she had nothing else to accomplish. No, she was a champion, probably, they said after the fight, probably the best championship reign in the strawweight division that the division's ever seen. And she's a, she's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. And uh, she was a pleasure to watch. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to focus. Luke is going nuts in the background right now. She's- She's probably the third best woman fighter of all time. Behind, who do you, do you think Ronda's on there as well or no? No. No? Who do you have? Uh, I have Nunez one, Shevchenko two, Yohan three. Of all time, really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Yohan had a phenomenal career, 16 and 5. Very dominant for a while there. And uh, she wasn't upset after the fight. It was just like, you know what? I came back. I worked my ass off, and I'm very proud of what I did. She she said that you know I'm 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 very proud to come mm-hmm. back here and to give it the best I had, and that was I left it all in the octagon, and mm-hmm. you have to love that very likable fighter. Absolutely, yeah. So um, kudos to her. Big win by Zhang Wei Li. Hopefully, get back in the title mix. We I think we both agreed the division's just better with her being really good. Yeah, I, I mean we talked about it before, and I I, I told Jacobs, and, and he agreed on it. Uh, and th- uh, this is what I said. I went, if Zhang Wei Li wins tonight, it's better for the strawweight division. Because, of course. You know, with, with Wei Li losing to Yoana, it, it shows that she can't beat these girls like Carla Esparza and Rose Namajunas. And Yoana wasn't going to be here as long as Zhang Wei Li is. So, I mean, if Yoana can't beat these people like Carla and Rose, she's going to retire. And we know Zhang can't beat Carla or Rose if she lost the if she lost to Joanna, so yeah. those two kind of fighting for the belt. I will say, I would like to see her against Carla Esparza in the sense that Zhang's grappling is a lot better than Rose's. I think Rose is a better stand-up fighter than Wei Li is, but showing how strong she is in that fight mm-hmm. last night against Joanna, I think Zhang Wei Li and Carla Esparza would actually be a very interesting fight to watch. I agree. I'd, I'd rather see that fight than Nama Yunus Esparza, even though I love Rose. She's my favorite in that division, obviously, I'm sure you as well, but I think style-wise, 
Zhang Wei Li, Carla Esparza is a better fight than Nami Yunus Esparza is. But I think Rose against anybody else essentially is must watch TV, you know? So. No, I'm excited for Carla Rose too. Because, like I said, I told you about it. I think Rose realized that she messed up, and I think she's going to turn it on in the next fight. And listen, she's either going to destroy her or Carly's going to take her down and she's going to submit her, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So, I agree. I don't – I'm not excited for it, but it's Rose Nami Yunus. Speaking I'm of – I'm going to watch no matter what. Move on to our co-main event. Um this is this is I don't I mean I don't think the outcome was the way it was supposed to be. Valentina Shevchenko versus Tyler Santos. Um, Shevchenko retained in a split decision, 48-47, and forty nine forty six. And that forty nine forty six is such shit. Let me say that right now. There's no way in hell Shevchenko won four rounds. That's no. pathetic. Tyler had one and two. Yes. And Shevchenko had three and four, or four and five. Yes, and three could have went either way. So I completely understand where that comes from. Anthony Smith, uh, you know, the fighter, had said after the – I was going through stuff post-fight. And uh, they had him on after all those fights. And he said, I'm sorry. I, I, I think that somebody – whoever that judge was, I don't know what they were watching. They must have turned that card in before the fight even happened, 49-46 Valentina. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can understand 48-47 – we, you and I both agreed that Tyler Santos should have won the fight. I'm not super upset by it. I don't think – it's not one of those where it's like Volkanovski Holloway, where, where it was obvious. Yeah, Holloway questionably 10-8 Volkanovski in two different rounds. Exactly. So that's where it turns into one of those that's absolute garbage. Dana White comes out and says it. We've talked about this many times on the podcast. Yeah. But – that it, it was closer with Santos and and Shevchenko, but I do think she, I, I think Santos. I will forever say Santos won that fight, and you agree with me. Mm-hmm. So, very great fight. Um, what and when it was on the feet, especially at the end of the fight, you know, the last couple of rounds. A lot of it has to do with the headbutt that Santos caught from Valentina right in her eye, pretty much shut her eye completely, and was fighting two and a half, two rounds with one eye essentially. Um, that's against a- against one of the best strikers, women's the women have ever seen. You know, Bullet Valentina looked phenomenal the last two rounds. First three rounds, she was a deer in the headlights. Santos was incredible, and they even said her, she had only one loss coming into this fight. Tyler Santos did, mm-hmm. and it was a questionable judging decision in that one too that she probably should have won. I do I didn't see it. Obviously, this yeah. is the first fight that Schwartz and I've seen Tyler Santos. Excuse me, but she very well could have been 20-0 coming into that fight, not 19-1. and And in my opinion, she could be 21-0 right now. Sure. So, she, there's a blueprint to beat Valentina, though. So, it's out there. And that was by far, far and away, the toughest fight Valentina's had in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just, I just enjoyed, you know, Valentina. Valentina's so cocky, you know. Yeah. She thinks she's the best, and nobody can beat her on the feet, on the ground. She was beat on the ground last night. Uh, it wasn't even close. She was she was outplayed on the ground last night. Yeah, she. I mean, she was dominant on her feet, obviously, but yeah. No, absolutely, and I think that'll lead us into, like I said, the fight of the year so far. Probably on, in my opinion, the card of the year so far, and 
this was my all-time favorite fight that I've ever watched in the UFC. Glover Teixeira, 43 years old. Let me just repeat that. The champion of the light heavyweight division at 43 years old was winning the fight with going into the last minute of the fight against Yuri Prohaska, who, let's just call spade a spade, is I'm not going to – we'll talk a little bit in a second about, in my opinion, how good he is. With that huge gash over his eye, blood pouring down, never let it affect him. Yeah, no, he's a freak. If somebody doesn't enter that lightweight division soon, that it's all his. Yuri's going on. Yuri's about to go on a run for a long time. Like Declan said, if there's not somebody who can, because there's some good people in the light heavyweight division. Also, I don't know if you saw Glover already tweeted out rematch question mark and tagged both everybody in it. You have to give it to him. Oh my god, how do you not after that fight last night? Yeah, like- we were. We were afraid that the minute Glover lost, we've talked about it a couple of times with each other, that once he lost, it'd be like, you know what? I'm done. It's been a great ride. That's it for me. Daniel Cormier had him in the fight, you know, had him in the ring after the fight, interviewed him, and straight up said, you know, you know, Glover, you're 43, and Glover is like, hey, I'm an old man. Yeah, you know, kind of joked about it. And he was like, yeah, you think I should still keep going? He said, you know, and DC was like, dude, you still got it. And Glover's like, you're right, I still got it. So I'm not going to quit now. I'm going to keep going. And the crowd went nuts. It's so cool to see. I hope at 43, I'm even half the man Glover to share it is, dude. Like, athletically. And uh, I mean, I'm not now, obviously. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, Glover to share man. What a story. I, he fought against, what, John Jones, right? Yeah. In the he, he had a title fight. His first fight was 20 years ago in 2002 in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken. So... He's had his ups and downs, lost a couple in a row. But kind of reminds me of Tom Brady, dude. Like, fine wine, like, better with age. You know what I mean? Um, He's just – his takedown and then, like, this fight just back and forth. And I think – Declan and I both agreed it was probably a a 2-2 fight going into the fifth and final round. And they literally hugged it out the first 10 seconds (laughs) – essentially, of the fifth round, just as mutual respect for each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, Glover just instantly. I don't know how Yuri Prohaska was still standing. He was so fatigued. It got to the point where Glover, Glover Teixeira, if you don't know him, is very much a wrestler. He can throw. Don't get me wrong. Ground to pound you, especially when you're on the ground, you're done for. But he can throw. I mean, he throws bombs. Like He's shown that against Jan. Blahovich in his last fight, you know, he's he's looked very good standing as a reason yeah. as well. And I mean, I think that's says a lot about how good his wrestling is because you have to be so afraid of it. You're trying to stand up and he's been able to get better with that. But there's some power behind those punches. Yuri Prohaska took everything in the kitchen sink from mm-hmm. Glover Teixeira and somehow didn't tap, didn't get knocked out didn't quit and found himself on top of uh, Glover with about a minute left, somehow took his back with about 40 seconds left and was able to get a rear naked choke and Glover tapped with 28 seconds left in just what was an absolute epic, epic clash of Titans. I'm going to drink some water if you want to talk about it. Um. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, amazing fight throughout throughout the five rounds. Uh, I, I think if 
Glover lives on for those 30 seconds, he wins the fight. Yes, but, I agree. You know, if, if, if there's 25 minutes in a fight, if you tap out in those 25 minutes, you lose the fight. No yep. matter what. It, it, it is what it is. One second in or one second left. It's, it's a loss. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, it's it's crazy. It sucks to be Jan right now, Blahovich. It, it it sucks to be Jan right now because yeah. you're, Jan's getting up there too. Jan's 38, 39. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know how much time he has left. And I, I love Jan so much. I think Jan's my favorite in that division right now. I, I love Yuri a lot, but Jan's just so – Jan's such he, He's a, funny as hell. Yeah. And, and he's a great fighter. Guy. Kawhi Leonard, real funny guy. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were gonna do the laugh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jan, I I told Jacob last night. Jan's in there, like, all right, let's let's make a triple threat fight. Like, oh my god, last one, last one standing wins, Royal Rumble style. You yeah, know, throw throw him out of the octagon. We'll get Pat McAfee and Michael Cole in the booth to commentate the game. Oh my god! But it's you gotta give him that rematch. Yeah, that's it. the thing. Like Jan Blahovich is standing there, like, all right, if Glover wins, it's me and him again. If Yuri wins, Glover's gonna retire. Yuri will probably knock him out. There won't be any kind of rematch. Little did he know. And, and am I crazy to say, even if Glover wins that fight the way he did it, that you give Yuri another title fight with how good that fight was? Yeah, I, I think no yeah. matter how that fight ended. You know, by, you know, by ending, like if Yuri doesn't submit him in the last thirty seconds, yeah, I think I think you have to run that back immediately. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's Jan Blachowicz, poor guy. <laughs> that's I told Declan. I said the only thing Jan's thinking right now is, "Hey, Adesanya, can you please come back up and fight me one more time so I can beat you again? Make him look good." Yeah, please. <laughs> but oh, that was a terrible fight. I don't want to talk about that one again. But <laughs> Jan, um, I just. Yuri Prohaska, this is where I'm going to sound like I'm sucking his dick. Oh, my goodness. Declan, it pisses him off. I'm just going to say it. I said it to him last night. He called me crazy. Shout out to Dempsey, Declan's brother. I don't know if he fully agreed with me, but he's on my side in the sense that Declan is undervaluing Yuri Prohaska. Yuri Prohaska is 29 years old. He is six foot three, I believe, and looks like he's all of, like, 6'10". Uh, jacked at 205, maybe, like, 5% body fat on him. And is an absolute stud. We knew how good he was on his feet, spinning, you know, a couple knockouts of Dominic Reyes, who people thought was on his way to being the next title contender. Um, and uh, Vulcan uh, Uzdemir, I believe, uh, knocked him out cold. Yuri waited. And I think this is where Yuri doesn't get the credit he deserves. And I'm not mad at Declan for this, but this is, I think, where Declan falls in that category. And I could be wrong. Yuri Prohaska has not been in the UFC very long at all. He has not consistently fought the best that the world has to offer in that sense. He has not worked his way up, you know, as being not ranked to barely being in the top 15 to moving to the top 10 and, you know, so on and so forth. What Yuri Prohaska did last night, not just as a striker, but against quite possibly not just the best wrestler in the light heavyweight division, but a top five, top three wrestler in all of the UFC and Glover Teixeira. Um, Yuri, like I said, did not submit and even was able to get on the back. Obviously, it's the last, you know, it's, it's in 
in minute 25, essentially. They're both exhausted, but he was able to find that last strength, last gasp of energy to defeat Glover Teixeira, and he submitted the submission specialist. Handled the ground and pound like a champ. I mean, Glover beat him down when Glover got on top a few different times. Yuri threw some punches. He's so unorthodox, so crazy with it. And this is where Declan thinks I'm crazy. Yuri Prohaska, I'm going to say it now. You, you guys, I know there's a lot of people who don't know UFC like that, kind of casual fans. Yuri Prohaska is going to be the face, not just of the light heavyweight division, but of the UFC in the next year, five years, because of the fact mainly not just how great he is, not good, how great he is, but because he's going to go on a run in the light heavyweight division that will be maybe not unmatched, but Declan said it himself. If they don't find somebody to go against him, he's going to be the champion for quite some time. We're talking probably a couple years. So maybe I'm crazy. Declan has said he, he likes him a lot and he's a very good fighter. I'm over the moon for Yuri Prohaska. And we just did our top 10 fighters in the UFC last week. He was on one of my honorable mentions. And I think he's very close to being in the top 10 now, like closer than he was before. I think he's number 11 right now. Oh, oh my gosh. So I, I thought long and hard about this and what you were saying, and I, I still disagree. Okay. You, because the face, listen, I'm going to put a guy, I'm going I'm to put a name out there and I love him to death. You guys know, I, I, I love Hamza Timayev. Uh, listen, if, if he does fight Usman, which Usman's a little bitch and he'll, he'll retire before uh, Hamza gets that, gets that title fight. But once that happens and Hamza beats Usman, oh, oh, oh boy. I, I, a tear might come to my eye. <laughs> you, so you, you look at these guys and you, you like Hamza Chimayev and Islam Makachev, who have much better competition than Yuri does. And uh, these these fights, Islam and Poirier, Islam and Oliveira, Islam and Gaethje. Then you go Hamza and Colby, Hamza and Leon, Hamza and Usman, Hamza and Burns. Fun fact, I think, I think Leon, Leon has a very good chance to beat Usman next time they fight. Fun fact. Just gonna put it out there. You think you think Leon has a very good chance? I'm not saying he will do it. He has the best chance out of anybody, even more than Colby Covington. Really? Yes. Even more than Hamzat? Yes. Okay. Even more than Colby, okay. Yeah. But you don't think he beats him? No. Usman Usman's the greatest. He's Colby. not gonna lose. Very close. Very close. Very close. Very close. But it's you look at you look at these guys. Sean O'Malley, Sean O'Malley. Is I not, love Sean O'Malley. I love Sugar Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley is nice. Sean O'Malley becomes champion. The world is splitting in half, and the earth is rupturing. Oh my god, that's, that's the face nuts. of the UFC if he becomes champion right there. I think over Yuri. Uh, I just think. I don't know. Yuri Prohaska is more likable. In my opinion, Sean O'Malley is so fun and he's crazy and he's got the rainbow hair and, you know, he does the dribbling moves and then knocks you out. And I don't know. There's something about Sean O'Malley that I can understand if there's people who don't like him. I don't understand how people don't like Yuri Prohaska other than his goofy ass haircut. That's another story. But I, OK, he looks dumb. Sean O'Malley looks dumb with rainbow hair. Let's no, be real he, here. 
Okay, whatever. But, I don't know. I just I think Erie looks dumb. I think Sean rocks it. That's fine. We we can agree agree to disagree like we are right now. But no, Sean O'Malley, Yuri Prohaska, somebody like Hamzat, Islam, they are the faces, plural, of the UFC going forward. I agree with that. And you know, you know what's great about Islam is when everybody liked Habib until he fought McGregor. Yeah. And then after that, it was like, oh, he can't strike. He can only fight on the street. He knocked McGregor down. Yeah, he dude, he about knocked him out. So, you know, and with Islam... He's he's not gonna fight McGregor. He shouldn't fight McGregor. McGregor shouldn't fight him. Uh, McGregor should fight him because of the money for McGregor. Uh, it's nothing. The only thing bad that'll happen for there's nothing good other than money for Islam if that fight fight were to happen. The only thing that could happen is something bad. It's like oh, you didn't beat him as easily as you should have, or you lose to him somehow. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. nothing good that comes out of that fight for Islam other than the yeah. money. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with that. But, so, like, and you look at, everybody's going to love Islam for how, how dominant he is. And I, I'm going to say this. When John Jones was the face of the UFC, he was the greatest in the UFC at that time. He was probably the best fighter in the UFC at that time. And the lightweight division was stacked upon... Miles ahead of what it was now. I agree. No, I agree with that. From from 2010 to 2016, light heavyweight is a joke now compared to that time. And if you're putting John Jones against Yuri Prohaska, I'm taking John Jones. And in in that time where John was the face, so I when John Jones was the face of the UFC at light heavyweight champion, he was the best in the UFC. And that division was so good that it was exciting to watch. And I think, and like I said, if 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 this makes sense, John Jones in the light heavyweight division in that time reminds me of Usman and the welterweight division. I get no, I I agree. So that's that's why I think. Although I think the lightweight division is better than the the welterweight. I I know what you're saying. Oh, I meant the welterweight. Sorry. You mean lightweight? No, like heavy. I'm I'm saying when John Jones was in his prime. Yes, he was the light heavyweight champ. Yes, how good that division was. It reminds me of the welterweight division. And I, I know what you're saying, but I'm saying, do you actually think the welterweight division is a, is better than the? No, the point I'm making is it's it's John Jones and everybody else, but there's so much talent there. And welterweight, it's Usman and everybody else, but there's okay. out there. That's okay. what I'm... I think. The better argument to be made, then I'll play devil's advocate for both. For I think both of our arguments, then I think the face of the UFC, if you're going to go with that argument, with John Jones was the best fighter in the best division, is I think what you're saying at that time. Then the best fighter in the best division is the lightweight division. It's Charles Oliveira. I disagree. I'm just saying. What? What do you think? It's Islam then? Yeah. Okay, but I'm, but what I'm telling you is the lightweight division is the best division of the UFC right now. Light heavyweight was the best then. So whether you think it's Oliveira or Islam, that's the the argument you should be making. Yeah, I mean, I I think the lightweight and welterweight division are very close. Bantamweight's good. Listen, bantamweight through through welterweight 
is phenomenal. Yeah, but the bantamweights are nasty, dude. Featherweights yeah. got some nice people too, you know, with yeah, I, Holloway, I, Volka, Ortega. It's yeah, it's yeah, and middleweight's good, but like uh, Jared Cannonier, uh, he he's not beating Adesanya, right? You wouldn't think so. I mean. He looks good. Like, he looks the part. He's had a couple of really good fights, you know, and beat up Brunson pretty good. And, I mean, he's jacked and chiseled, and, like, he looks like he could take down anybody. But Adesanya's that dude, man. I don't like him, but that man can brawl. Uh-huh. Absolutely. He's so quick. He's that's And for how quick he is, he's so powerful. Like, that's the craziest thing to me. It's one thing to get a quick shot off, but to get a quick shot off that's as powerful as what Adesanya can throw, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's have some good UFC talk, brother. I like that. Do you want to? Uh, we're gonna just apologize in advance. We won't. I don't think we'll talk about it too much. I say that now. Who knows what happens here? We won't go too deep into it. We don't mean to get too serious. We don't usually really get serious on this podcast. But um, everybody knows what's going on in the world with Deshaun Watson, and if you don't, you must be living under a rock. Declan asked if we could discuss it a little bit, maybe on uh, on the pod today. Uh, it's something that you know we haven't really touched on, like I said. But I I just had an interesting question, and it makes you think a little bit. Of course, and I'd I'd like to hear your opinion on it. Uh, so my question is, and here's my opinion. I don't think Sean Watson should play another snap in the NFL ever again, ever again. Now, this is regardless of what you think, whether he's done it or not. You get twenty five. Accusations. There's got to be some truth to it, right? Twenty, twenty-four. But yes. Yeah, there, like you would think, there's got to be some truth to it. And what bothers me is, even if it, it, it might not be true, but Antonio Brown walked out on his team. He's never going to play again. And all the chances he's been given is crazy to me. Absolutely. Calvin what? Ridley bet on an NFL game that he wasn't even playing in. He's suspended for a year. A full fucking year. Colin Kaepernick career is over because of social injustice decisions. And Deshaun Watson has 24 accusations and he had $230 million guaranteed to him. All guaranteed money. Every freaking dime. And Ray Rice gets suspended, what, six games? He never ended up playing again. Yeah. But Kareem Hunt, same thing. Dude, have you seen that video of Kareem Hunt? I what? If I'm kicking the girl? Yeah, I I haven't seen it. And he's still playing in the NFL. Yeah, it's wild. I I don't think he's playing on a snap again. No, I completely agree. Um, just for a little bit of frame of reference, obviously with the Sean Watson, we pull it up real quick. Um, where is it? Uh, so Deshaun Watson. He's denied wrongdoing in any situation, not to mention his lawyer has essentially made a joke of everything. And Rusty, whatever his name is, scumbag, he can go kick rocks. Um, Deshaun Watson is now facing 24 lawsuits by women who generally have accused That's him of... life in prison. What? That is life in prison. Okay. They've accused him of exposing himself and causing unwanted touching or, in some cases coercing them into sexual activities uh, or even to the point where straight up, excuse me, but ejaculating on them during massages in 2020 and early 2021 when he played for the Texans 
it gets worse. He's had, you know, professional athletes. They've talked about this on on the herd, you know, Colin Cowherd show. I watch that, you know, occasionally. And I think he's had over eight uh, in 18 months. He's had over like 20, 30, 40 different masseuse. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. Allergies are killing me today. Uh, different like massage therapists. That is insane to me with knowing how particular athletes are with their bodies. You're telling me a professional athlete, a quarterback, the most premier position in all sports, let's be real here, is going to let all these different women, you know, fix injuries or problems. Because even if you're not on the injury report, everybody in the NFL is injured at some point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's it's disgusting. I'm sorry. I, I know we talk about oh guys, you know, go around, do this and that. You're you're the you're the face of an organization in Houston and now in Cleveland. Yeah. He's a top five quarterback in the league. And it's despicable. It's gross. I'm sorry. It's one thing to have consensual encounters like all that. I'm sorry. Like Declan said, when it gets to the point where there's 24 different women accusing them, I don't mean to be that guy and sound like an asshole here. I'm sure they're, 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 there's always the possibility they're not all going to be true. Let's be real here. Yeah, okay? which if you do that, you're a scumbag. If you falsely accuse that shit, you're a scumbag. Exactly, and I, I nobody should be doing that. But when there's 24 of them, no chance in hell all 24 are, are lying about this. I'm sorry, no way. So... Yeah, no, I I agree with you, Declan. It's just it's it's something to think about, and it kind of bothers me. Very no, it, it really bothers me. And if you're if, if you're the rest of the NFL, like the owners, is what you know. One of the things Colin talked about too. Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, he's not super well liked as is. And then you go and you trade for this quarterback when you have whatever you want to think of Baker Mayfield. Baker's not in legal trouble. Any way, shape, or form. His mouth gets him into trouble sometimes, but not like legal trouble. That's yeah. so different. Baker can at least play. I, I understand he didn't have a great year last year. He had sh- sh- uh, shoulder surgery. Whether it was his non-throwing shoulder or not, it, he's got to deal with it every play. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The dude's in so much pain. Warrior played pretty much every game. You got to give him props. How stupid do the Browns look right now? First of all, how stupid does the NFL look for not to – the NFL does not have to wait. They have every right to suspend Deshaun before any, you know, guilty, non-guilty verdict is reached in court with all of these cases. Suspend him indefinitely. Exactly. They put him on the exempt list last year, or they were going to, but the Houston Texans decided just not to dress him. So they didn't have to worry about it last year. They had their asses saved last year. Suspend indefinitely until figured out whether guilty or not guilty or not. Major League Baseball did it with Trevor Bauer, and that was with one woman. Absolutely. So, and I, I, I for all the garbage Ron Man, Rob Manfred, excuse me, has done and has been as the commissioner, he at least got that right. Yeah. Suspended Bauer, said, you know what? Well, I'll even pay you. I don't care. Just get out of the field. Get, get off the field. Get out of the spotlight. Stop ruining my sport. And now he's out for two years. And maybe that's too harsh, but you know what? Somebody had to be made an example of. Absolutely. And Deshaun Watson, you need to be made the example of. Yeah, when, when, when things like these happen, you can't be easy about it. 
I'm sorry. Like like you said, Calvert Ridley was suspended an entire year for gambling when he wasn't even playing. And I, you know what? And I, I straight up said, Calvin Ridley deserved to be suspended, not for a full year. That's excess, in my opinion. But you you know what you're doing when you gamble when you know you're not allowed yeah. to. Uh-huh. He, des- he deserved to be penalized, and he was. A year, it's excessive, but you know what? It is what it is. But if you're going to suspend him a year for gambling, and you're not going to even touch Deshaun Watson, like, shame on you. Like, that's pathetic. It's, it's, it's insane, in my opinion. I, I just want to know what they think, like, what their thinking is behind it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Even if he ends up getting suspended, how have you waited this long? I know. That's my thing. How has it been this long that he's still active? Yeah, you know, if if I'm the NFL, you you suspend indefinitely until you figure out whether he's guilty or non guilty or not. And if I'm if I'm I'm all for it. If he didn't do it, let him play. Of course. Yep. When Sean's on the field, that's good for the NFL. Yes. When Sean sexually assaulted twenty four girls and then is on the field, that's not good for the NFL. No, I I completely agree, and I think this is something that. Obviously, we're very lighthearted a lot of the time, but something that needs to be talked about. And I, I applaud you, especially Declan. You know, you're still in high school and you're still young, obviously. And I mean, I'm I'm young in the grand scheme of things, obviously. Yeah. But uh, you know, to want to bring this up, not just to know, but like to want to bring this up, I I appreciate and respect. I hope you guys listening can as well. Absolutely. Um, I, I hope that you don't mind that we talked about this for a little while. So, anything else you want to talk about with that, Declan? No. Okay. All right, well, um, why don't we go into – sorry, my phone's acting up right now. I'm trying to bring my podcast outline up so we can give you guys some good action to talk about. Want to talk some NBA, some b-ball? Sure. Sure. Uh, finals, tied at two. Uh, Steph Curry, wow. Dude, he's game, so- game four, it's – he's so nice, dude. It's, it's he not – said, like, he's not in that, like, top ten group anymore. Where, like, he's not, like, the elite basketball player he was. Yes. Oh, you mean, like, top 10 in the NBA right now? Yes. Yeah, no chance. He's top 10. It's not even close. Yes. Like, yeah, he's he... starting to push top five. Yeah, I agree. And he... who's the best point guard in the NBA? I mean, you have to at least have the conversation with Steph, right? John Morant, Steph Curry. I think I think Luca probably right now. Oh, that's right. I forgot he's a point guard. He, he, he does play point guard for that team. So I think you have to say Luca won, but, but Luke, John, Steph are all super close. They're incredible, yeah. Yeah. But what does that say about them? Look how young Luca and Ja are. No, absolutely. Steph has been battle tested. He's he's been hurt. He's got bad ankles. He just comes out in balls, bro. He is very injury prone. Nobody talks about that. But you know, but he fights through. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and you know what? To come off the bench in that first round series against Denver. Let Jordan Poole start. How do you not respect him? Absolutely. He, he's a team first guy. Do what you do to win. Yeah. So, and he knocked out Jokic. So, I love him for that. Yeah. The MVP. <laughs> the MV loser. Most valuable loser. Um, yeah. I digress. But, uh, wow. I mean, and Boston's look good in the series, too. Robert Williams has been in a huge X factor. I think Jalen Brown's probably been their MVP so far. Absolutely. He's been awesome. Marcus Smart has been a roller coaster, as always. Um, Draymond Green looked awful in game three, and he didn't. He, I think he had two points in game four, but he did a little bit of everything else. Hey, at uh, least no. the mom tweeted about him. What's that? 
Did you see Draymond's mom tweeted about him? Oh, yeah, to the Boston fans. You know, there's no need for all the, you know, fuck Draymond and all this and that in the stands. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It yeah. happens everywhere you go, dude. It's not just Boston. Yeah. And Draymond Green, like, come on. he He's a big boy. He can handle it. He can, knows exactly what he is. Can he, though? I, I mean, he's, how many titles has he won now? And, how you know, how successful is that man? Not just on the, the NBA court, but off the court. He's already, he's already got the deal with TNT. He's got a very successful podcast that almost everybody in the NBA listens to. Wait, TNT? Yeah, he's on TNT all the time when he's not playing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he's been on TNT quite a bit. Breaking news. Uh, for Jacqueline, apparently. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I mean, th- I think this final, I, th- I think it goes seven, personally. Yeah. I know uh, game game five, uh, what, Monday night, tomorrow night? Something like that. Dude, I, there's so many days in between these freaking series anymore, dude. Uh, yeah, it's kind ridiculous. Of... I understand when you're going from Boston to LA to give that extra day of travel. I, yeah. I get it, but like game one and game two, there was you know the the extra day there too. It's like, what are you yeah. doing? I agree. But, yeah, this is it's at least def- definitely something to watch. I mean, great great basketball being played. Uh, Steph essentially saved their season. I mean, you know, obviously. It would have been three one Boston. You can you know, you still have to win three games. Yeah. The Warriors, the Celtics have to win one, but two two and three one are very, very different. So going home and now you have two you know you have to win two out of three games and two of them are in your home building. And you've already proven fun fact as well, the Warriors, if if I'm correct, have now won at least one playoff game. They've won at least one playoff game on the road. In 27 straight series. Huh. That's incredible to me. That is. That's wild. That's insane. So, not even like two. I mean, they've won at least one game. That's, that's, but you got to think like, if, if you win both at home, you know, say, say you start on the, or, or you start on the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. You win one out of two. So you're going back home tied at one. You win both games at home. You're up 3-1. You lose one on the road. Oh, well, we still have another home game now, and, and we can win one more on the road. We've already shown we can. I, What Golden State has done, not just this year, but over the span of, you know, eight to ten years now. Mm-hmm. Steph's the first bout Hall of Famer. Clay's the first bout Hall of Famer. I think Draymond, probably first bout Hall of Famer, even though he's not great offensively, what he's done. Steve Kerr, obviously, Hall of Famer. Uh, here's a question for you I want to pose to you and I know you were very young and you know I mean he started his career before you were even born Andre Iguodala is he a Hall of Famer? (sighs) I think that's a very interesting case to be made if you're putting Dwight Howard in the Hall of Fame I mean to be fair Dwight Howard was the best defensive player on the planet for I think five, six years. But people, some people don't think he's a, he's a Hall of Famer, and they're crazy for that, in my opinion. If Dwight Howard's not a Hall of Famer, neither is Iguodala. I agree with that. Dwight Howard was a better player than Iguodala was. Absolutely. I think Andre Iguodala is a Hall of Famer. Sure. Yeah. I, I listen. If if he, 
I think I'd be a little bit more mad if he didn't get inducted than if he did. So I'm going to say, yeah. He yes. Is. I just think with all the titles he's won with Golden State now, he's been he was a very good player for the Sixers, obviously. Um, really good player for the Nuggets, you know. Finals MVP. Finals MVP. And looked good in Miami when he was there. You know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. – I don't know. I – I don't. I don't know how he's not a Hall of Famer. I. I, I don't think it's one of those like slam dunk locks. You know, yeah. somebody likes that uh-huh. play, obviously. But I mean, I think for what he's contributed to the game of basketball, the the basketball Hall of Fame is a little different than some of these other sports. You know, I feel like it's a lot. It's a lot more difficult to get in. And you know what? Here's my comparison. Maybe I'm. It's it's different sports, so it's hard to compare. Eli Manning. He's a Hall of Famer. No, no, no. I agree, but I'm saying they both. They were never the best at their position. They've both won rings. They've both won an MVP. You know, Eli's won a Super Bowl MVP. I think one or two. I, I hate that argument. Eli's not a Hall of Famer. No, but but I'm saying I agree. No, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not I'm not arguing with you on that one. But I'm saying they're very similar in that sense to me. Absolutely. They've both won rings. Like I said, they've won MVP of the postseason essentially. They've both been very good, but they never they never been great or the best player at any time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but they remind me a lot of each other. Kind of funny too, Philly, New York. Even though Iggy obviously hasn't been in Philly in a long time, but yeah. Thank you for that, Andrew Bynum, you dick. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Iggy's like, well, I've won a couple of rings. I think I'll be all right. Yeah, I don't even like like basketball right now because. Oh. We're enjoying great Mr. Thompson as the interim manager for the Fightings. Rob freaking Thompson. They're losing today, but apparently we have some kind of good luck spell on this team. Currently 30 and 29. Yeah, they've bumped it back up. The Diamondbacks haven't been bad this year either. No. So it kind of sucks that Rangers Warriors gave up three runs in the first, but. Shake it off. It's a long game. Absolutely. There's, I think there's a man on first now with, uh, with no outs, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I mean, the Phillies have won nine in a row. And you know what? Shout out to the Braves, the Atlanta Braves. They've won ten in a row. Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, I told Declan this this fun fact, this little stat nugget for you. Um, yesterday hit a leadoff home run for Atlanta. Uh, they're playing. I I don't remember who they're playing right now. But uh, leadoff home run, it was his 25th leadoff home run as a Brave. He's not 25 yet. He's the first player in... Braves are playing the Pirates. The Pirates, yes, the Buccos. First player in Major League Baseball history to record 25 home runs out of the leadoffs, like to lead off a game under the age of 25. Wild. And it's a different game now where power hitters kind of hit leadoff more so than not. Mm-hmm. But it's still incredible. Absolutely. I mean, that's whack to me, dude. Oh, first and second, nobody out. I don't want to look anymore. That's good. Let's not talk about the Phillies right now. Other than... Listen, they won nine straight. They won nine in a row. They're due for a loss. Yeah, like, it is what it is. Yeah. Shout out to the Angels for smacking the Mets last night. Love to see that. Let's go, Angels. And the City Connects. They're so nice. Those unis are so fresh. They're the best City Connects in the MLB. Uh, 
I love love the White Sox. South side, that's pretty they're pretty cool too. But South Side ones are dope. I know. But the, the Angels ones are super clean. Some of the Angels fans, from what I actually saw, were like, Oh, well, these should just be our new unis. They're kind of like not super different from the regular ones. So we're impressed, but they're they're not like the greatest. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Like go go surf and just leave your team alone. Like Casual, I'm trying to think bro. what the Phillies would do for their city connect. I'm thinking like they're giving like a blue uniform. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. Like a blue with, you know, like red trim. Yeah. Gotta be something like a Phila. You know what I mean? Kind of like with the uh-huh. Sixers. There's gotta be a Liberty Bell on there somewhere. You would you would think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a lot you can do. I think maybe maybe on the hat you do like a Liberty Bell with a P inside of it or something like yeah. that. I think the coolest City Connect jersey we've ever seen was the Sixers, where the cream that said Philo on it. I love, I love the Philadelphia ones. That first year they were back in the playoffs when they lost to Boston. Yeah, that does one. The one. Philly, well, but it said Philadelphia. It was full thrill. Oh, did it? <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, these allergies suck. Ugh, they suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jacob's is very deadly sick. Yeah, I'm dying. These, it's a damn pollen, dude. Oh my god, I'm getting old, Declan. It's the end of it. I don't have allergies, luckily. I didn't either when I was your age. But I get sick like a, like. Yeah, I don't get sick like you do though. You you get sick, dude. Yeah, I do. All right. Um. What do you think? We're gonna go uh, top ten or NHL? Uh, let's go NHL. Close our. Job. All right, bet. Um, so. As we said, we are recording right now. It's, it is 2.15 in the afternoon on Sunday. Uh, the Avalanche made quick work of the Oilers, uh, swept them 4-0, hosting game one of the Stanley Cup Finals Wednesday night on ESPN. Yeah, my Again, Stanley Cup prediction didn't go to plan. What's that? My Stanley Cup prediction didn't go to plan. Mine didn't either, dude. I, lo- I, I lost early. You're fine. I, I said Canes and Oilers. Well, you, you had the Western Conference Finals, though. Yeah, I had I had Florida who lost in the second round and Calgary who lost in the second round. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean I had Colorado in the Western Finals though. So, but uh, yeah, Colorado's hosting uh the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup Final for the third time in a row. Insane. They've now won thirteen series in a row. Right? No. Four eight oh. 11, 11 series in a row. That's wild. It's insane. Third most of all time. Hockey. Um, fun fact, Corey Perry now on the Lightning this year. He uh, actually lost to the Lightning two straight years in the Stanley Cup final. Last year with Montreal and the year before. Um, shoot, who was it? It was, um, you know, the Stars. Yes, Dallas. <laughs> The fact that you just knew that and I forgot, that's funny as hell. I like that. Uh, yeah, the Stars won in the bubble. That's right. Uh, yeah, so Perry was on the Stars, lost to the Lightning. Went to the Canadians, lost to the Lightning. So Corey Perry, in his third straight Stanley Cup, he will either lose three in a row or will finally win. But either way, he's in there three years in a row. And Pat Maroon of the Lightning as well actually won with the Blues the year before when they beat you know Boston. What? If he loses this year, he's going to go to the Lightning next year. Who? The guy that lost to the Lightning every year. He's on the Lightning. 
Oh, I thought you said he was on. No, Corey Perry. Yeah, he's on the he's on the Lightning this year. He lost two years in a row to him, so he's like, "Fuck this, I'm joining." Yeah, KD. He said, he said, "If I lose, at least I'll be with you guys." KD style. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but at least Corey Perry is like, he didn't do it at the top of his game. Like Corey Perry was incredible. He's probably a Hall of Famer, but like Corey Perry was incredible for the Ducks back in the day. And like, na- at least now it's like. Such a disappointment of the NHL right now, the Anaheim Ducks. I forget their team half the time. <coughs> yeah, me too. And I, I like the NHL. Well, you do too. I can't like, even hit on you for that. Like, that's that's the one team I forget. That's Although I will say, they have some, some young talent there. And, like, I forget. I, I can't. I don't know why I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, Trevor uh, Zegers. A couple of those lacrosse-style goals. Just nasty goals this year. Young kid. He's going to be really good. He, I mean, he already is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's – yeah, he'll be good. I, I still remember when they were the, the Mighty Ducks to Anaheim with Paul Correa and Timu Solani. <laughs> they lost to uh, to the Devils in, like, 03 in the Stanley Cup Finals. Damn. They won it, too, though. I think Chris Pronger, you know, came to the Flyers. Pretty sure he won it with them, the Ducks. Chris Pronger, I have his jersey. That's a good one. That's what, we're wearing, that's what I'm wearing in the Flyers game when we go. I love it, man. I love that. I need a new one. I have Giroux and I have uh, Simone Gagne throwback, but I th- I might buy a Couturier or a Hayes. I I I might buy a, a Canes jersey. Call me crazy. Those jerseys are so nice. They are pretty nice. They're nice. All right, but NHL talk. <laughs> so you have the Avs against. Uh, they're hosting Tampa game one on Wednesday night. Like I said, um, the Schwartz. What are some predictions you think? Um. First of all, before telling me who you think wins, does it go seven or will it be less no, than seven? I don't go seven. Okay. I do, th- you, do you think I Colorado? Th- Actually, if the Lightning win, it goes seven. If the Avalanche win, it goes six. So you think either way, you think the Avs will win on the road or the Lightning will win on the road to clinch? Yes. That's ballsy. I like it. Um, I'm I'm totally okay with either of these two teams winning. If we're being honest here, the Avalanche are so fun and exciting, and they've been really good for a few years now. They just haven't been able to get over that hump. Nathan McKinnon's so good, dude. All of them: McKinnon, McCarr, Nazim Kadri, uh, Ratnin. Uh, you know, I mean, like they're just all of them, dude. Like they're just top to bottom, like Taze. Like they're just. There's Landis Cog. You know, you can just go on and on about that team. Like, there's yeah. so many, so many. But then you look at Tampa, too. Like I said, with Pat Maroon, this is his fourth straight Stanley Cup. He's won two with Tampa the last two years. He won with St. Louis the year before. Um, you know, Maroon has been really good. Obviously, Steven Stamkos scored both goals last night. You have Corey Perry. Uh, Braden Point's been hurt, but he's a great player. Vasilevsky is the best goalie on the planet. Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman. Yeah, I, it's... It, they're they're so good, you know. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting for me to see the defense of Tampa versus the offensive of Colorado. Yeah, for sure. So I I'm incredibly excited to see all those snipers and playmakers um, going against Vasilevsky and that defense of Tampa. So, but I mean, Tampa can score too. So, but dude, Colorado's so fast. They're just so skilled and so talented. So I think I think I lean Colorado in uh, in six or seven as well, though. Absolutely. So, but like I said, you can't you can't go against Tampa. I I just you can't count them out. I should say. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. So, the shorts, do you want to introduce our list? So, our list this week, we decided to switch up since we didn't have a whole lot of NFL to talk about. We have top 10 running backs of all time. Oh, yeah. This list, this list was rough for me. It was tough. All these guys are old. Yeah, well, it's, it's a tough list, but it's also rough for Declan because he's seen, like, none of them play. No, I've I've literally seen none of them play. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll go ahead and start some of my honorable mentions. There's a lot of big names, too, that are left off here. So I have four honorable mentions. Uh, Earl Campbell, Houston Oilers. Uh, Bo Jackson, you know, played everywhere. You know, every sport, I should say. Uh, Curtis Martin, Patriots, Jets, all-timer. Uh, Frank Gore, I think you have to give him a shout-out. Maybe not one of the best. Like, there might be better running backs, but especially of my time, my generation, you know, Declan can appreciate. He's seen Frank Gore play. Uh, Frank Gore, yeah. top five. I think t- number three, number four, all-time rushing yards. So, he played forever, but I think Frank Gore's got to be on that honorable mention list. I. Honorable matches are O.J. Simpson, Marcus Allen, and Bo Jackson. That. All right, the shorts. Start us up, brother. My number 10 is the boss, Jerome Bettis of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he was in that successful time in uh, early, mid-2000s. Head coach, Jacobs, helped me out. Bill Cower. Bill Cower. Um, Big Ben's not the quarterback, was he? He was like a rookie when they won, or second-year player, yeah. Yeah, uh, who played quarterback? Well, there was Charlie Batch was there first, Tommy Maddox. Yeah, and fun fact, uh, the bus, Jerome Bettis, actually started with the L.A. Rams. That's fun. Yeah, before the Steelers. But, yeah, Jerome Bettis was, dude. He was, this he was, is Heinz Ward. Did Troy Palomalu play with Jerome Bettis? Uh, they might have overlapped, but if they did, it wasn't for long. Like He was more so with, like, Joey Porter and some sure. of those dudes. But th- this is Heinz Ward, Jerome Bettis, Steelers. Antoine Randall-L, Plaxico yeah. Burris. J- Jerome Bettis was one of the scariest guys to go against. Like, he, he was the Derrick Henry of then. Yeah. I- I- absolute freaking nature. Jerome Bettis, number 10. My number 10, AP, AD, all day, Adrian Peterson. Uh, the only active player on my list, even though he is currently a free agent. Uh, number uh, where, where was he? Number five all time rushing yards. Uh, Adrian Peterson, incredible career at Oklahoma, four time first team All Pro, three time second team, seven time Pro Bowler, who was a 2012 MVP, led the league in rushing yards three times. Uh, part of the 2010 All Decade team was the 2007 Offensive Rookie of the Year. Adrian Peterson, uh, for all intents and purposes, might not be the best dude. But, uh, you know, questionable decisions, obviously. But uh, hell of a player on the football field. One of the most dominant players I've ever seen. Especially in my lifetime, easily top five, top ten most dominant players I've seen on the football field. Uh, AP, number ten. My number nine is Frank Gore. Frank Gore, absolute monster. Like, five, eight, but would run everybody over on the field. Uh, just retired about two weeks ago. Signed a one-day contract with the 49ers. Great That's- to see got to show love to Frank Gore. Frank Gore, I believe he's – might be coaching his son now or his son's in college. His son's pretty good, too. That'd be good, yeah. He went to the U, Frank Gore. Yeah, now his son's his son's going to be nice. Uh, you know, he, he was with AP and he was with LaDainian Tomlinson as the best during that time. Uh, Frank Gore, number nine. My number nine, I have uh, SMU alum Eric Dickerson. 
uh, played for a few teams, the Rams, the Colts, the Falcons. I know I'm missing somebody. Uh, number nine, all-time rushing yards. The 1983 Offensive Rookie of the Year, the 86th Player of the Year on offense, uh, was a five-time first-team All-Pro, led the league in rushing four times, 1980s decade team, and like everybody else on my list, not named Adrian Peterson, who will be in the Hall of Fame one day. Eric Dickerson, currently a Hall of Famer, number nine on my list. If he's not a Hall of Famer? Not yet. No, not yet. No, I said he will be one day. He's not uh-huh. yet. He's, he's still playing. He's still active. Okay. Yeah, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer one day, yeah. Okay. He might not be first ballot because of all the stuff he's had, you know, but he'll be first ballot. He, he should be talent-wise, but yeah. it might be like one of those T.O. things, you know what I mean? Yeah. My number eight is LT. With Danny and Tomlinson. Uh, if Lawrence Taylor were to play running back, that'd be a problem. LT. Yeah. I, I don't even know what he did. I forget what he did. He, he had some crazy stat. I forget what it was. Touchdowns. I mean, he was a fantasy football god when he played. Yeah, he had the most fantasy football points in the game. He had around like 60, 70 points in the game. Crazy, dude. Like, it was wild. Didion Tomlinson, him and Breeze played together, right? Yes, they overlapped, yeah. That, that's that's pretty freaky. Yeah. That's scary. Well, and then he went from, yeah, Philip, uh, Drew Breeze to Phillip Rivers, like, that's Sean Merriman was on that team, like on defense. Quentin Jammer, they had some really good pieces. Yeah, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, number eight. Number eight on my list, part of the greatest show on turf in the 2000s for the Rams. Chris Berman would say, Marshall, 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 Marshall Falk. Number 12 on the all time rushing list, won the MVP in 2000. Uh, actually was on the Colts before the Rams and uh, went over to the Rams. Won the Offensive Player of the Year three times, Rookie of the Year in 94, was a three-time first-team All-Pro, a three-time second-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, like I said, Hall of Famer, and won a Super Bowl championship with the Rams the year before they lost to Brady and Dem Boys, number eight, Marshall Folk. My number seven on my list is Marshall, 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 Marshall Folk. <laughs> you guys heard Jacobs went on for about 45 seconds of all the things he's done. Uh, a- absolute monster. You heard three time offense player of the year, Super Bowl champion, uh, rookie of the year. You know, it's just a- any accolade, he won MVP. Any accolade as a running back you can accomplish, he accomplished. And that's the thing, too. He was a great receiver out of the backfield, though, too. People underestimate with him. He was incredible catching the ball out of the backfield. And the Rams. Went from him to Steven Jackson, who was phenomenal when he played. Marshall so, Falk, my number seven. My number seven, I have uh, one of the best running backs of all time, Emmett Smith. Uh, actually, number one on the all-time yards list. Maybe it sounds like he's a little low on my list, but I just think uh, he was on some phenomenal teams, obviously. Uh, like I said, number one in the yards, uh, won three championships with the Cowboys, was an MVP of the Super Bowl, was a 1993 NFL MVP. Yeah, sorry if I'm taking all the thunder from Declan. I'm just naming all these accolades I wrote down. No, uh, keep ni- 1990 uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year was a fir- four, oh, my goodness, first team AP four time, uh, twice was on second team, eight time Pro Bowler, 1990s decade team, four times he led the league in rushing, and as I said, Hall of Fame, Emma Smith, number seven. My number six is Eric Dickerson. 
Eric Dickerson, absolute monster. I don't have the accolades like Jacobs does. I'm, I'm sure he'll have them <laughs> very soon. Um, what, what team did he play for? I'm blanking. What team did he play for? Sorry, I yawned. He played for a couple of teams. Uh, there was a fourth team I can't remember, but I know he played most notably for the Colts and the Rams. He played for the Falcons at the end of his career, but he played for one other team too. I can't remember. Oh, oh I know it. I do too, and I can't think of it. It's irking the shit out of me. I'll look it up right now. It's fine. The, the only thing about Eric Dickerson is uh, not a Super Bowl champion. Uh, he played with the Raiders, I think. Yes, the LA Raiders. Yeah. Good job. Uh, Good job. The uh, the Oakland the Oakland Raiders at at the time. Um, no, they they were the LA at the time. They were LA. Yeah, that's how old it was. Ugh. Well, what year is that? That's that's early nineties, right? Eighties uh, or nineties. I mean, yeah, he was he was at SMU when all that was happening, like early eighties. So yeah, thanks. Beat up on Temple for a year. I mean, that's when they were in like the Southwest Conference, though. So, uh, all right, all right. Don't make me start singing my song. T for Temple, you. Number six. <laughs> uh, number six. Uh, if the glove don't fit, you must have quit. OJ Simpson. All right. I had to do it. Uh, number 21, all-time yards. Might not seem like much. He didn't play as long as some of these guys. Uh, was the MVP in 1973. Was a five-time first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler as well. Was on the 1970s uh, All-Decade team. Led the league in rushing four times. Was a, I mean, a Heisman Trophy winner at USC. Uh, O.J. Simpson for the Bills was just, like, on another planet. Uh, so I have him at number six on my list. My number five on my list is Adrian Peterson. I, I think you lowballed him a little bit. I, it's just when I saw him, I looked at his highlights. He was kind of like the only guy that I saw like flashes of him being great. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I might have, but I was trying to keep my recency bias out of it. So Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I got some recency bias. I, it's the only guy I got to see like real flashes of like him being great. Adrian Peterson. He I, he had the most rush yards in the game. He had like 330, something like that. Absolutely wild. Adrian Peterson, my number five. My number five, uh, Declan and I didn't give our list to each other too much, but um, somebody he didn't actually, and this is, I'm not hating on him for this. Never heard of him. Never heard of my number five. Old, old player for the Chicago Bears, Gail Sayers. Uh, really only played seven years, really only played like five years. Uh with that being said, like I said, he was the 1969 Comeback Player of the Year, so he missed a couple times. Um, but yeah, like when that, he played, oh, guy that won Comeback Player of the Year in '69. Nice. Um, I had to, yeah. he um, was 1965 Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, but the five years he played was first team every year, four time Pro Bowler, 1960s All Decade Team. Uh, like I said, Chicago Bears. Uh, nickname the Kansas Comet, great nickname for a running back, Kansas Jayhawk legend. Uh, Gail Sayer, second best Bears running back of all time, number five on my list. My number four on my list is Jim Brown, old man Jim. What? Yeah. He's not number one? No, I don't have him number one. Okay. That uh, shocker, there's, I mean, the little leak on my list, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, my fault. Jacob, if you want to, uh, I, like I said, I, I don't have all the accolades right now. Uh, he played very, very long ago. Ab- absolute monster. The bright point of the Browns. Not Browns are the Browns now, but, you know, at, at that time, he was the right point of the Browns. Uh, Jim Brown, number four. Number four on my list. 
the second coming of LT, just on the other side of the ball. Ladanian Tomlinson, 2006 MVP, fantasy god, like I said. Uh, one of the first players I ever had fantasy-wise, you know, when I was real little playing fantasy football. Uh, three-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, two times led the league in rushing, 2000s All-Decade team, number seven, if I believe, if I am correct, in yards, rushing yards, and a Hall of Famer. Pretty good analyst, too, for NFL Network. Uh, LT, Ladini Tomlinson, number four. My number three, Dallas Cowboys running back, Emmett Smith. Uh, where's he at rushing yards? Emmett, number one. Uh, okay, that's what I thought. Emmett Smith, number one. Uh, who was this? Was his quarterback Troy Aikman? Yeah, that's and that's the thing. Like everybody talks, Troy Aikman was great, and he was. He didn't have to be as great as he like. You know what I mean? Like put up all those stats, like some of the guys, because Emmett Smith was in his backfield. Troy, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, the defenses they had, like you know Dion and oh, all them boys. It, it just it was stupid, dude. 90s, baby. Yeah, dude. The, those 90s Cowboys teams led by Jimmy Johnson were like a thing of glory. Like, it was just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Emmett Smith, my number three. My number three, I have the most elusive running back in NFL history. Barry Sanders, the, the Detroit Lions. Uh, one of the few things Detroit has ever done right, uh, Barry Sanders. And even he left Detroit early because Detroit sucks. Uh, number four, all-time in rushing yards. Probably would have been number one if he played, but didn't play all that long. 1997 MVP, retired shortly after that. Uh, two-time Offensive Player of the Year, 89 Rookie of the Year, was a stud at Oklahoma State. Uh, was, I believe every single year he played, he made either first or second team All-Pro, if I'm not mistaken. Six times first team, four times second team. Led the league in rushing four times and is a part of the 1990s All-Decade team and, of course, is a Hall of Famer. Barry Sanders, number three. Well, I'm going to assume that we have the same number two. Uh, we could talk about number two, Walter Payton, together. Yes, I have his jersey. My first, well, I wish it was my first year at Bears jersey. Rex Grossman, thank you for that. Right. Uh, yeah, sexy Rexy, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, Walter Payton, number two on my list as well. I'll just give you some of the details. Uh, second rusher, leading rusher of all time. Um, actually won the Super Bowl with the Bears, but didn't score a touchdown. Was not the focal point of the team at that point. It's kind of near the end of his career. Won the uh, MVP in 1977. Uh, was a first-team All-Pro five times. Three times was on second team, but was a nine-time Pro Bowler. Uh, MVP year, 1977, led the league in rushing. Uh, 1970s and 1980s All-Decade team. That's crazy. Uh, and was obviously a Hall of Famer. They have the Walter Payton Man of the Year award for him now. He was just a great dude. Um, sweetness, great nickname, Walter Sweetness Peyton. Uh, Declan, I mean, what else do you want to say about him? Uh, he's good. Uh, led, that <laughs> team, led that team in the 1985 Super Bowl with uh, who was the quarterback at the time? Just Bears. Jim McMahon. Who? Jim McMahon. Yeah, it's just it's just fun to hear Bears quarterback names. Uh, yeah, dude, yeah. there's an award named after him, absolute freak of nature. He actually played for a little bit unlike other running backs in the NFL. Did he stay with the Bears his whole career? Yes. Yeah, Walter Payton, number two. My number one's Barry Sanders. So I sat here and thought about it, and I was like, he shouldn't be number one. He didn't play that long. But then I looked at how long everybody else played, and nobody has played for that long. So Running backs, running backs don't have a big shelf life. I know. They have six good years now. If they're lucky. Yeah. And then, 
you know, they start, you know, breaking down. Chris Johnson, <laughs> Zeke Elliott, like, look at all these guys. Yeah. Barry Sanders is so good. It's not even a little bit. Fun. He's, I will say, though, yeah, he is my favorite to watch highlights of, like with the Lions back in the day. Mm-hmm. It, it, he he was on another level, so I I, I agree. I, he's top three. I just yeah, thousand yards through nine years. It's stupid, dude. Like that is wild. Yeah, he was unreal. his high year rushing was twenty fifty three in ninety seven, where he won the MVP and offensive player of the year, three time offensive player of the year. Um, I don't know, all pro first team one two three four five. Six times first team, four times second team. Yeah, like it's wild. Every year he's been on All Pro, oh, Pro Bowler every single year that he played. Barry Sanders is my number one. Uh, my number one, I have Jim Brown. I I just think that he was just like a different animal, like physical. And I know it was a different age. They haven't listed as a fullback, but like they just gave him the ball every every freaking down. Um, he won the MVP three times. Uh. He's so old. He's actually 86. I think we looked it up. Excuse me. That uh, he didn't win a Super Bowl. He won the uh, the NFL championship in 1964. <laughs> That's how old he was when he played. Uh, was 1957 Rookie of the Year. Eight times he was a first team All Pro. One time second team. Uh, nine time Pro Bowler. Led the league in rushing eight times. And was the 1960s All Decade Team running back Hall of Famer Jim Brown. Uh, super just scary dude. <laughs> Um, it's always at the NFL award ceremonies. They try to like crack jokes on him and he just kind of sits there with like a blank stare on his face. Yeah. Like you don't even know where he's at. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have to go there. Oh God. Jim Brown. Number one. Bro, Bill Russell's the same way. Like Bill Russell has no idea where he's at. I know, but like he, it's not because of CTE though. Like Uh, it might be. (laughs) It might be. It was different in basketball back in the day, I guess. Sure. Oh, yeah, he has no idea where he's at. That's messed up. Oh my god, that was our top ten list of the week. Uh, this week we're just gonna present it to you different weeks by what's in Jacobs's room. Uh, this week presented by uh, G Fuel because of Declan and A and W because I had a cream soda last night and root beer today. Um, so that was our top ten list of the week. All time running backs, um, led by the man who doesn't know where he's at, Jim Brown. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, let's give you some sports facts of the week. Uh, on this day in 1928, with Jacobs, um, not with Jacobs. My grandma wasn't even born yet. She was 1932. Rest her soul. Uh, <laughs> Yankees first baseman Lou Gehrig collects 14 total bases in one game, with two triples and two home runs, and a 15 to seven win over the White Sox. It's nuts, dude. That's nuts, yeah. 14 total bases in a game. Yeah, that's um, My bad. That's oh, not a big deal. Enjoy your, enjoy your G Fuel. Uh, 1981, Larry Holmes, TKO of Leon Spinks in three rounds for the WBC heavyweight boxing title. There you go. 1991, Michael Jordan on this day won his first ring. Uh, the Bulls beat the Lakers 108-101 in game five. For the first of three straight for Jordan, uh, the MVP, first finals appearance, you know the rest. Uh, 1997, the first ever baseball regular season interleague game. The San Francisco Giants beat the Texas Rangers 4-3. to three. thought that was a fun one. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, in 2002, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, and the Los Angeles Lakers swept the New Jersey Nets 113-107 in game four. Like I said, for a sweep, and it was their third straight title together and the last title they would win together. Uh, MVP was Shaq for a third consecutive NBA Finals. He was just unreal. Um, and we have some birthdays. Uh, happy birthday to a little bit, kind, kind of, still kind of recently retired, Marv Albert, uh, the, uh, the broadcaster, uh, did you know basketball, obviously most notably TNT at the end of his career. Kind of all over the place, though. Marv Albert, one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Um, you might not know this name, but Kerry Kittle's actually on that uh, Nets team that lost to Shaquille O'Neal and George Kittle's uncle. Yeah, I know him. Stop. It's not even close, but <laughs> Kittle's with an S. Uh, also sharing a birthday with Hideki Matsui. What's his name? Hideki Matsui. Tell me you've heard of him. That's a good one. He was on the, the Yankees team that beat the uh, the Phillies in the World Series. Yeah. You, oh, my God. You're so young. Um, happy birthday to Dallas Clark, one of Peyton Manning's all-time favorite targets, tight end. Um, was a uh, Super Bowl champion, uh, pro bowler, first-team All-Pro in 09, actually. Um, happy birthday to Larry Foote, was on uh, – some of those really good Steelers teams Declan was talking about with Jerome Bettis. Uh, who else we got? Uh, that's it. That's all Jacob says today. Also, a year ago today, uh, Jamal Hill got his uh, arm broken by, I forget his name. Oof. In the USA. You remember that fight? I remember that fight. Snapped his arm, dude. Yep. Ugh, it was rough. It is what it is. Well, I was watching, I was rewatching uh, Friday night, maybe Thursday or Friday night. I was rewatching some of like UFC, like the pa- the past few pay per views and stuff. Rewatched yeah. that McGregor Poirier fight. Just watch his ankle snap in slow motion. Your wife let in me DMs. <laughs> Your wife sent me DMs. Oh my god, nutcase, dude. He didn't check. There's nothing he checked. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he's a nut. But yeah, I watched rewatched the Tuivasa Hardy Tuivasa. Um, it was Derek Lewis. I was rewatching a bunch of fights, honestly. I rewatched the uh, Nami Yunus front kick knockout of Whaley. God, so nice. The Usman Masvidal. Uh, I was having a good year. I was just the UFC night a couple nights ago before I went to bed. Next thing I know, it was like 3 a.m. I was like, I, I think I need to go to bed. Steve Zanelli's about to wake up. It's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> also, shout out. I didn't do it yet today. Logan, my brother Logan. He had a wedding this weekend. was the best man in it, actually. Oh, yeah. Haven't heard from him in like a week. So uh, feel free to listen to the podcast and yeah, call he me. Isn't, he might not be alive. Yeah, I hope he's alive. Well, he snapped me this morning, but, you know, haven't heard back from him since. Haven't, he hasn't answered my texts or my phone calls in a little while. And my butt hurt a little bit, but that's okay. Declan, uh, Declan's been here to be my buddy, MLB, the show, and the North South Podcast. And uh, shout out to our boy, Whittle. Um, celebrated his three-year anniversary with his girlfriend, Katie. And uh, just flew down to Florida to uh, spend a nice week with his woman. And uh, very happy for him. So uh, we're missing him on the show, obviously. But uh, very happy he's with his lady, Katie. For sure. For sure. Any shout-outs you want to make? Any uh, final thoughts for the podcast? No, everybody. What? I hate everybody. <laughs> okay. Um, let me think. Uh, two years ago today, Dempsey graduated, kind of, COVID year. So we 
did, but he didn't. Oh, shout out to Dems, dude. Yeah. Like, tonight was the night where, like, or there we go today was the day where, like, they had, like, this video of everybody graduating. Yeah. Uh, I get, yeah, I guess he graduated a year, two years ago today. Fun fact. Want to go back on my time hop. Nine years ago today, Jacobs graduated high school. Whoa. I know. It's almost 10 years, dude. Almost 10 years, man. I'll put... I'll post a picture on uh, of me and my grandma on my graduation night. Babyface assassin Jacobs. How was was your graduation good in the Shamney? How long how long did that graduation take? I don't know. It was hot. I remember that. How long was, did the ceremony take? Uh, it took a minute. We had you know six seven hundred kids in the Shamney. That sucks. It was it was it was a lot, bro. I'm gonna be real with you. Over or under two hours. Um, it was at least an hour 45. It might have been two. I don't remember. Were you, like, allowed to go on your phone during the ceremony? No, we had to turn all that stuff in before we went in there. What? Yeah, they, like, made us, like, they had, like, metal detectors, and we had to, like, give everything in, yeah. Bro, I, I would have been on that bitch. It was, it was not ideal, bro. That sucks. We had beach balls, though. We blew up beach balls. We hit him around a little, a couple times. So, like, what happened if you didn't show up to graduation? I don't know. I don't know, but... My mom would have kicked my ass. That's what would have happened. What if you were sick? I don't know. She probably still would have made me go. Damn. My mom we're talking about. Mom, 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 no joke. Shut up, Barb. Yeah, shut up, Barb. Dude, she, <laughs> she didn't mess around. She didn't, uh, you're fine. You can go. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sweat it out. You'll be all right, pal. But, yeah, man. So, nine years ago today. It'll be ten years next year. That's crazy. Old head. Ten years and... Uh, best way to graduate, uh, celebrate graduating high school, uh, 10 years later is to graduate college. <laughs> yes, sir. You graduate college next year. So where's the graduation party at? We have one up here. Uh, you can talk to Barb when I come back up in July. We'll, we'll talk to her. Works for me. We'll try to have a graduation party. You sure. should be like Barb. You really got to have a party for, for Jacobs. Surprise party. Oh my God. That'd be fun. But whatever. Whatever makes me some money. I'm fine with that. Oh, I'm just- Dude, graduation parties. Oh, the family's great, but like, dude, the money—it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I can't even fraud. But uh, yeah, man. Now that I'm done being greedy, uh, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, <laughs> nice podcast with Jacobs in the Shorts, the North South Pod. Uh, be sure to check us out, guys, on social media: uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, same stuff every week. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, give us a review. Let us know uh, what you like, what you don't. Uh, let us know what you want to hear. We'll be happy to oblige and uh, try to get some more guests on with you soon. Summertime slowing down a little bit, but uh, we'll get a nice. Uh, we have a pretty good podcast planned for you guys already. When uh, Jacobs comes back home, uh, we won't give away too much, but oh, uh, about that, it'll be yeah, it'll be a good one. I really think um, we have a couple guys we're gonna get in person, and uh, we have a little plan for you. So. That'll definitely, that'll definitely be one to two. Joel Embiid is coming to my house. Joel Embiid, yeah, Joel Hans Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey will be. No, I, oh my God, Joel, I wish. Jalen Hurts will be at the crib. No, no need. No need. We'll have Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, that sounds about right. We'll have Matt Nagy. Oh, I, I will not be there. No, would I'll you, be there because have, I will have so much to say to that man. Would you really like? I don't. What would you say if you saw him in public? If I saw Matt Nagy. Yeah, like no, because you know what the worst part is? I bet you he's a like a really nice guy. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't see you being a dick to him. I think I'd be I'd be very vindictive and sarcastic. I don't think I'd be just rude though. Yeah. I th- I think that'd be one of those like dry like where I'm acting like I'm being really nice, but like those who know me know I'm being an asshole and he thinks yeah. I'm being nice. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not his fault the double doink happened, but but God, that I might just be like, dude, why why'd you ruin Mitch? <laughs> why'd you have to why'd you have to do that? Like it's not even funny. Like I'm a diehard Bears fan, like you've ruined like the Bears. That's little... what I'm saying. Like people don't understand, like maybe I take it too seriously, but I love the Phillies. I love the Sixers. I love the Flyers. I, I like the Eagles too. They're not my team, but I, I like the Eagles, okay? Yeah. The Eagles I... are a likable team right now. Yeah, I love the Bears, dude. Like that's that's my heart and soul. Yeah. I mean, that's my team. Like my number one above all. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I just sure. All I want to do is just see them be good, man. Like I, it, <sighs> that double doink hurts. So I, I just nobody should have to go through that. And then on top of that, to go through what I went through with the Sixers, like five months later, six months later. With the damn Kawhi Leonard shot, like he walked, he, I, it just traveled. He traveled. It, it, Rundowns. But like, how, what? What? What did I do to deserve that? You know what I mean? Like, did you say the Bears were going to the Super Bowl? No, I said they were going to go to the NFC Championship game, though. <laughs> That's what you did. Well, but listen, listen, and I know we're we're going long now, and I already said my goodbyes. But like, if they beat. If they beat the Eagles in that game, right? They don't go to New Orleans like the Eagles did. They go to the Rams, who they had already beaten pretty bad. Not, not the score wasn't terrible, but like they they beat the Rams up pretty good on a Sunday night in Chicago a couple <laughs> weeks before that. I'm telling you, they, they they beat the Rams. The Rams were a bad matchup for the Saints, but the Bears were a bad matchup for the Rams. So sure. I, I I really do think, and then Dallas would have went to the Saints, and Dallas was Dallas, you know. They, but. It would have been the Saints and the Bears. And I, I, I do think the Saints would have won. But, yeah. yeah, I just – I mean, the Saints beat the Rams besides that bad call, pass interference. But that was – that's such a bad Super Bowl. I mean, the defense was great, but that, that Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, dude. Yeah. Oh, so bad. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this another day, I guess. But, uh, all right, the shorts, we, we give our final thoughts. We give our list. We give our uh, – our sports talks, and uh, I think that's about it. So we're we're gonna sign off for the shorts. I think uh, Jacob's here, deciding he has a long day ahead of him. The shorts gonna hang out with his friends. Jacob's gonna clean his room, make the shorts happy. There we go. It's about time. I washed my my sheets the other day, and I'm gonna clean my room now. Put some music on to clean my room, and uh, we'll get this podcast edited soon, and uh, out to you Monday or Tuesday. So uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. Have a great week. Peace out. Say it, say it, say it. We said it together last week, did you know? No, you say it, say it. Deuces. Deuces.
I got the whole crowd jumping. Jacob's in the shorts, got the podcast bumping. Best sports talk, baby, can't tell me nothing. Pick up with the best in the game on the mic. Nothing but respect, but you know we gotta fight. Hot takes, know we bring the heat like a blitz, though. Strong will, keeping it a hundred like a pitch, though. Woo! Gotta bring the passion. Brothers don't miss, Steph Clay, they splashing. All the talk shows dwarf south, y'all favorites. You ain't gonna wanna skip like Bayless. <laughs> Coming to you live and CPA, the two boys with the smarts, no GPA. So tune in, listen up, cause there's more to know. It's North South, turn it up and enjoy the show.